Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Guys Who Law. I'm Jesse. I'm Andrew. And today we're going to be talking about, I would say, my favorite show on television. It's by far my favorite show, Succession. Yeah. Would, would I'm, you agree? I'm so sad it's over. I don't even know what to live for anymore. Like, Watchmen, which is okay, but it's no I Succession. I haven't, I haven't watched that yet, but if, I, you, if you haven't watched it, check it out. I would imagine most people listening to this episode of the podcast are fans of Succession because what we're going to be talking about today is all the legal angles in Succession. There's a lot of legal terms, a lot of legal storylines. We're going to break it down. And if you're a fan of Succession, you want to try to get as many details of this show as possible. I've seen articles even talking about how the different characters dress because every aspect of this show is incredible and you want to break it down. Yeah, and, and, and there's so much like politics and maneuvering going on like within a huge company that I found myself asking uh, um, like during each episode, oh, like w w what's actually happening there, happening there behind the scenes? Like, you know, what's going down from a business perspective and legal perspective, and is this how it would play out in real life? So I'm, I'm personally, I was personally curious about like how these things were working. Now, from a first perspective, I'm just gonna tell you straight out, they're accurate with a lot of what they're saying. Yeah, well, well, one, a lot of it allegedly is based off of. Um, Rupert, Rupert Murdoch's company. There are tons um, of similarities. Yeah. You could say right-wing conservative family uh, owned, run by that company. It's uh, also has a conservative slant. Waystar Royco is similar to Fox News uh, and, and the Murdoch company, and, and they're running those kinds of things. And and, they and, have, I get and, they have, and he has sons too that are, yeah. you know, are trying to get in, into the, in the they're in the company. They want to make the company more like digital first. Yeah, more like in the next generation. And he might, you know, he's maybe more conservative about what they do. It's, it's, it's I, a lot of similarities. I hope Rupert Murdoch is not like Logan Roy because Logan <laughs> Roy, by the way, one of the difference between this show and Billions, which I'm also a fan of, yeah. I don't like any of the characters in Billions, but I enjoy the show. I don't find any of the characters in Billions have redeemable qualities. Now, you could argue none of the characters in Succession are great and have redeemable qualities, yet I like each one of them. Let me rephrase. I love each one of yeah, them. Yeah, it, it is kind of weird because they are they are all doing, like, despicable things. They're Because they're... in Billions, I think there's caricatures. Like, oh, you're going to play this role. You're going to play that role. And here, there's so much more human with so many different layers. There's a lot of, like, like gray them. area. Tons of like, gray Like, you can area. understand, like, why they're doing what they're doing. Right. Exactly. And and I let's so let's talk about the big things in this uh, show from a legal perspective. OK, the big one that's been guiding, I think, the last two seasons and it's actually going into the third season is this idea of the potential takeover of Waystar Royco. Now, just to give you a background on this, what ended up happening was after Kendall, which is I, he's not the he's the middle son, I guess. He is I thought the he's the son. oldest son. Oldest son from the oh, first, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, not the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, seems to be groomed to take over the company, although his relationship with his father, Logan Roy, very problematic. At one point, he gets fired by his father, and uh, because he wants to kind of get back at his father, he did, uh, develops a scheme with one of his friends and another investor to ultimately take over Waystar, Waystar Royco, which is the best slap in the face to his father if he ultimately takes control over his own company. Yeah, this is this is the company that his father founded. Yeah. That he that he, that it was that he thought that he he would always take over that his father wanted him to run the company. Yeah. He was COO of the company, right? Yep. And then that you know that was his vision that he was going to take over. So what really spurred this if you haven't seen the show at the beginning, I think it's the first episode that uh Kendall finds out that the dad wants to stay on for longer than he thought. Right. But he's like, oh, maybe like another five years yeah. or so. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He thought it was going to be like next year. Yeah. 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 And, and then we're going to get into what happens. The yeah. father has a stroke. 
then he doesn't uh, Kendall doesn't feel that Lo- Logan can op you know be good enough to re- he, that he's not healthy enough to run the company. He's an ex drug addict too. Yeah, uh, he tries to dr- dr- uh, actually kick his father out. We're gonna get to that in a second. I want to start with this big part, this big storyline. Yep. You keep hearing these things about a hostile takeover and a bear hug. That is all accurate. So if our understanding is correct. What this other company is trying to do in order to take over Waystar Royco is do this thing called a bear hug. It's an offer to buy out the company. The offer is so good, so advantageous that the shareholders uh, would ultimately be in favor of it. Now, it's a hostile takeover because the Roy's and upper management do not want to be taken over. It's not as if they got this offer and say, oh, wow, you know, that's Yeah, but usually, though, in a bear hug situation— a, a company makes the offer initially to the board of directors, but in yep. this case, the board would not go for it. They, they, they would absolutely not be, it would not be a go-ahead. So what's happening now is that the the company has gone straight to the shareholders and say, here, this is what, this is what we want to do, this is what, how much it would be, and they're trying to convince the shareholders to vote for this at the shareholder meeting. You've even seen some scenes where this company, this potential acquirer, is sending things to the shareholders, these yeah. kinds of uh, media materials saying why Logan Roy is such a bad guy, the Roys are going to drive Waystar Royco into the dirt and now join this new company. Actually, it's a pretty amazing that we have – uh, two seasons now going into the third season, and we even we haven't even had that shareholders meeting yet, which is going to be held in the third season. Yeah. So I love this storyline because one of the best things, great business show by the way, just mm-hmm. a side note. But now all the different ways that they're trying to get out of this bear hug. It's a good lesson in business 101. Mm-hmm. My favorite way, and they've done different ways. I mean, one of the ways that they tried to do is something called a poison pill. Uh, I think Carl, who's one of the big the better <laughs> Bigger officers in the company. Good character. I, mean, I love that character. <laughs> I think he offered that. Logan said, no way. There's always a Carl, by the way, who's like an advisor for like a big company. Like in Billy Madison. Yeah. What, that guy was like one of the big advisors. His, his, his name was his name was Carl. Yeah, you need that you need that responsible name. A Carl, a yeah. Bill. You can't have like a Kyle. <laughs> you know, Kyle's not gonna do that. No Chad. No Chad. Definitely not a Chad. Would you hire a Chad? I wouldn't hire a Chad. Uh, Logan doesn't want that. Basically, a poison pill is different ways that you make your company so unattractive to an acquirer that they no longer would buy it. In a way, there's ways you give shareholders more votes. You dilute the shares of the acquirer. But that's not happening. Here, one of the best things that Logan does, such a genius, he has an idea to buy another media company, which they kind of make it look like it's CNN. That's my take of it. It seems like it would be CNN or MSNBC. Well, and it was a bigger company than Waystar. The company was bigger than Waystar. Big was. private company yeah. owned by the Pierce family, privately owned. Yeah. I, I think it's a liberal-leaning company. It's a media organization yeah. that's liberal. They have they keep touting that they have Pulitzers. They criticize Waystar Royco for being what people criticize Fox News for being. And the idea here is to buy a company that is so big that now this new conglomerate becomes so big that the acquirer can no longer buy it. That's my understanding. And and, and to buy it, to buy a company like this that's so big, they need to use debt. They don't have enough cash on hand to buy to buy this company straight out. So if they bought this company, the company would have be so leverage so much leverage and so 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 much debt that it would be 
more unattractive to to a company that came in and tried to buy it. I love the scene when he's offering to buy the company and they're coming to a different price. She says, oh, there's not a price. You can't put a price on what we do. He says, I think I have put a price on what you do. <laughs> and he says, uh, 20 billion. And then he says, oh, 25. The way they're just talking about these numbers. Billions, yeah. Billions of dollars. I'm going to buy it for $25 billion was pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, trying to do this. At the end of the day, I, that could realistically happen. And then his negotiating tactic of walking out of the walking out of the room. Oh, great. So so he makes an offer to Nan. Nan runs Pierce. Yeah. And well she she's the she's the owner. She's the owner of Pierce. But yeah. Rhea Jarrell is the CEO. CEO. Yeah. She actually runs She's like the chairman of the board, I guess. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Um so he makes an offer, she rejects it, and he walks out of the he walks out of the room and says, "Screw it." Yeah. He takes his helicopter back. He's so mad. He thinks that he might she, she might call him after, and then she calls him, takes the take, and, and says, well, "Let's do this." Let's do the deal because he said money wins. Yeah. That's the truth. How are you going to turn down twenty five billion dollars? Yeah, uh, I did like how that company was deciding ultimately whether or not to sell it or not. That could very well happen. You have a privately owned company. It's the family is going to get involved. They probably had a meeting, and in the show, the two families meet to talk about it. Great, great episode. And what what makes this show so good too is that it. It one is 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 taking you inside such a big company, but taking yeah. you inside a family-run huge company like, right. adds another dynamic to it. Because this is a legacy that you're trying to not only build that you build from the ground up, but leave to your children, their children's children. It's a legacy. That's the the point of it. Yeah. And so having these competing families with kind of different values, even though there were similarities, you saw the doppelgangers from the different families. Yeah. It was great. Ultimately, that deal fell apart because, and this is what I want to get into next is the other big issue that has been surrounding Waystar Royco and the Roys is the cruise division scandal. Yeah, there's so many legal issues. It's not, that's only one, that's, that's only what's the second big legal issue. Again, yeah, the and then we're going to get to the, the yeah, other yeah, part. Yeah. So there's actually th- other two more big legal <laughs> issues. Um, by the way, little side note about the Pierce deal, that yeah. I, I, one of my favorite scenes that also seemed to be so accurate. They were on the plane. Uh, I forgot where they were going. Big plane big private jet one part of the jet is all the lawyers yeah they're working around the clock to make this deal and ink the deal between waystar royco and pierce's company kendall goes in the back and yells at them what are you getting snacks because we're working harder (laughs) from a lawyer's perspective working at a large firm that is exactly what happens you get beat up by the client to make this happen and work around the clock for such a big deal you know sleep you have to work out every single detail that's not the fun job to be in no uh, and you ultimately resent the client. Yeah, that, that that felt authentic to me. So authentic. So that <laughs> all seemed real. But the reason the deal falls apart is because there's a big controversy surrounding Waystar Royco. They have a cruise division. Now, this is a conglomerate that has theme parks, uh, news organizations, but they also have a cruise division. It's kind of like the, like the conservative version of Disney. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. It comes out that on these different cruises, a lot of bad things happen. There was rape. There was murder. The... As if that wasn't bad enough, what you find out is that people in the company were covering it up. Purposely, the producers of the show, the creators of the show, storytellers, don't actually say who knows what. But it's understood that this was happening. There were bribes. There were cover-ups. There were NDAs to make sure it doesn't get out what was <laughs> happening on these cruises. What we find out about this, I think, in the first episode because Tom Wamsgams, who I would say is my favorite character, he uh, ultimately becomes a son-in-law to Logan Roy, marries his daughter. 
he's in charge of the cruise division. The very first day he gets the cruises, the guy who had the cruise division gives him a letter, says, I'm going to hand you something. You're going to take a look at it, and then you're going to destroy it. That's when he finds out all about the bad things that are happening. And now he's tasked with what do they do and what ultimately happens, Andrew. So what ultimately happens is the story gets out there. That, well, no, 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 no. What happens oh, they, they oh, want to make oh, sure Tom, it doesn't get out there. Oh, so Tom Tom wants to destroy the documents, all the documents but, that, that – to talk about the, this, the illegal stuff that happened on the cruises, murder, et cetera. And he has his basically assistant, Cousin Greg. Who's, uh, again, another incredible Greg, character. Cousin Greg is basically a random cousin who's, like, related. So, so he's related to, to Logan Roy. He comes in, wants a job, and Logan Roy gives it to him. He ends up being Tom Wamsgan's assistant. Tom, as sort of like a rite of passage, like pledging, has Greg, like, destroy the documents but what oh, does yeah. what, but what does greg do instead of destroying all the documents he makes he makes copies of them people can count people can count greg out as being dumb he's not dumb any which way no he, he may be yeah. goofy yeah. he may be silly might be unsure of himself but my gosh is he smart well, he saves those docu documents because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know what's going to be yeah and there's a great scene where Tom actually says to him later on in season two, I need, uh, I, I need to know where those documents are that you took. He goes, well, you know, I, uh, I saved them. He goes, you saved them. <laughs> you saved them. He goes, you never know. And it's like this funny. And he says, where'd you keep them? And he ultimately tells him he keeps them in a file that says secret, <laughs> secret files. His great clandestine operation you're running here. You put it in a folder that says secret files. All right. So from, from a legal point of view, destroying documents from yeah. a public company in order to cover up alleged wrongdoing very illegal that there's actually a violation of sarbanes-oxley which if you're a public company it's a whole series of uh, regulations and laws that you have to follow that is 20 years in prison mm -hmm. that's the top charge if you get convicted of yeah that. not good more people know about it and cooperate together that's a conspiracy at one point greg even acknowledges he's like okay i'm part of a criminal conspiracy uh also it should be noted that if they paid anybody off to cover this up that's bribery maybe it's also extortion Again, these are all punishable by several years in prison. Tampering with evidence in general is another 20 years. Uh, if you did not even look at Sarbanes-Oxley, just tampering with evidence. Uh, bottom line is there is just a litany of crimes, crimes, not even civil penalties, criminal actions that people in the Roy Waystar Royco company, if they're caught, could be convicted of and sent to prison. Yeah, one of my favorite moments from Succession is the second season, they have a congressional hearing that's investigating this exact issue. The, yep. the burning of documents, they see a lot of documents missing. They're, they're, they're questioning Tom about what happened to them. So through their outdoor investigation, they come across a, like a series of emails from Tom to Greg. Like there's like there's like sixty emails, sixty emails sent from Tom to Greg on the same day that say you can't make a tomblet without breaking some Gregs. <laughs> it, it was imagine if this was a real life congressional hearing and we saw that. And he was like, he was, and he was like yeah, it was just you know a joke between two coworkers. I love. He goes, do you know a Gregory Hirsch? Nope. No, I don't. No, Tom? You don't know Greg? <laughs> he says, I, I'm sorry. I did not understand. And then when Greg testifies, the best scene, uh, best scene, is your name Gregory Hirsch? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, it, uh, yes, it is, as, as you shall say. I'm sorry. What would you say? Uh, it is to be said, so it is a yes to be said. You can just talk normally, so I shall. <laughs> he gets so nervous in front of the congressional hearing. But all that's that's really serious stuff so when they talk about prison time yeah this is prison time and not only for tom but for greg too if of course yeah it's for of course. anybody who's involved here 
like knowingly would be. I mean, maybe not knowingly, but. But Greg's in the better position because he saves some of the documents. He could be a cooperating witness against Tom and other people in the family, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later Later, on. Um, You know, well, we could talk about it actually. uh, No, yeah, I mean, so this is all big. Um, and, And really what I thought was another interesting aspect of this is how do you get out of this? Now you're under investigation. Well, another genius move from this show is trying to take the company private. Because if you become, if you're a public company, you decide to be private. Yes, there are certain regulations you have to file, certain documents you have to file with the government. But you're no longer bound by the laws of publicly traded companies like Mm Sarbanes-Oxley. You can, you don't have, you don't have these kinds of protections for shareholders. So certain laws that this company would be held to are no longer held to. They're a private company. They can do what they want to do. So that's why... Roman approached the Sovereign Wealth Fund uh, to try to privatize the company and try to get them to take over. What did you think about that scene? Because uh, I can imagine that also happening. Yeah. I, 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 Let's talk about where – so the Sovereign Wealth Fund is – did they mention what country exactly it was from? Somewhere Turkey? In the, was that Turkey? Turkey? I, I think, think it was Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. They, they go to try to take this company private. Obviously, they have the money for it. Yeah. But in the middle of the negotiations, there's kind of like a terrorist <laughs> takeover. They're in a hotel and they're held hostage for days. Yeah. Not also not the money that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, Ro- Roman even says if it comes out politically, like if it comes out where they were getting this money from politically, it would be a disaster. At the end of the day, he doesn't think that they're actually going to put up the money. He says they're flaky and it no longer becomes an option. But of course, that could actually happen. And I'm sure that happens where you get shady money from shady people to ultimately take a company. There are a lot of sovereign wealth funds out there. Like even big companies in New York have, there's some that have sovereign wealth backing behind them. Like this is not, that's, you know, what makes the show so good is a lot of these scenarios are, are, are truthful. They, there are scenarios that happen, but you know, seeing Roman go out to Turkey and try to, try to negotiate this deal and basically become like a, a prisoner for 72 hours or whatever it is out there is, you know, ultimately the, the demise of that deal there's a part in succession where the sons are negotiating with high level people very intelligent experts in business they're learning throughout the show they're getting better and better kendall's performance in congress was excellent roman's getting very smart they're smart kids they're smart guys but they're not at the level of expertise and class and business acumen as other people. Do you think they'd be taken seriously? Or do these people on the opposite side have to take them seriously because they're the sons of Logan Roy? We're talking about a huge conglomerate in the world. Yeah, they're the, the most direct link to the head of that company. So if he has any surrogates, you know, per se, it, it's going to be his children. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Logan was behind this, too. He sent, he he wanted Roman to go out there and to try to get the sovereign wealth money and yeah. to privatize. Ulti- ultimately, it didn't work. Yeah. Um, so Well, also, just to let you know, so not only were we were talking about bribery and tampering of evidence yeah. and obstruction of justice, but also them lying under oath in Congress. Oh, yeah. That, there's a lot of lying under oath. Anything that they said to Congress, which, I mean, saying you don't know Gregory Hirsch. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it was cut out. I wonder if that was strategic for the producers. So much yeah. of their testimony was kind of cut out. And usually congressional testimonies last like can last hours, hours and yeah. hours. So yeah. what were they saying throughout that whole period of time? All we know is that they didn't do great. Kendall did well. Yeah. We know that Kendall really did well. 
Tom just did awful. Greg did awful. Uh, who knows what they said and what they might be caught. So if you lie to Congress, that's lying under oath, and that's also punishable by, what, five years in prison? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, and I, we haven't discussed this, but I'm sure there was is probably some legal implication, too, of trying to suppress someone's testi- testimony of not going in front of Congress. In other words, what you're saying is when Shiv, yeah, Shiv, Shiv they, Congress is going to bring out, this congressional committee is going to bring out this woman who says that she was victimized yeah. as part of the cruises. But Shiv goes to meet with her and convinces her not to testify. Now, I'm going to take the other side. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with myself. Yeah, too, because she never she goes, you can testify. Be free to testify. Yeah. But if you do it, you're not really testifying for them. I mean, you're not testifying for yourself. You're testifying for them. They're making you a pawn. You're going to be in front of them just to do what they want, Congress. Yeah. You have to tell your story, be humiliated. But it's your choice. I mean, you're allowed to give your opinion on some. On and she's not an else. officer of Waystar Royco. No. So I think there there's a separation there as well. I think what she did was fine. Yeah. I don't think she. Oh, she was. She was. She was an employee of Roy, of, of no. Waco. No, she wasn't. Mm-mm. Remember, she was working for the political campaign. She, the whole thing with her was, was she going to be a CEO of? Was she going to be the next in line? Well, not, I mean, the, the part of the victim though was. Uh, not sure. She might have been. Yeah. She might have been. And the question was, was she paid off and all that? Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is a big deal because in the finale of the season two is when. Uh, they, by the way, one of my favorite scenes is when the the Roy family decides who's going to take the fall. Mm-hmm. In other words, Nothing, and, yeah. and, and this is probably something that happens a ton of times, is when you have a large public company, a heads have to roll. You can't just ignore this investigation. You have to say, okay, this top-level executive, this top-level executive knew about it. They didn't do anything. They should be prosecuted. Send them to jail. We as a company are going to do better, but we've got the bad actors out, the bad apples out. We're going to move on. But you can't give somebody low level. Yeah. So they have this whole meeting with who's going to take the fall? Is it going to be Roman? Is it going to be Kendall? Is it going to be uh, Jerry, the general counsel? Do you get a few people involved? My favorite part of that, and it was like 15 minutes about this, just an amazing scene. My favorite was Connor. Connor is the son who's not part of the company. He is not in line to, to succeed anything. He's from. He's the son from another marriage, very flaky guy, forced a prostitute to be in a relationship with him, just is living off of the dad's money, and he needs more money because he wants to run for president. He throws his hat in the rings and says, I'll take the fall. Um, you know, Connor Roy working behind the scenes for all these years, kind of Point pulling the strings. strings. But I'm, I am going to need $100 million <laughs> to pay off for that. <laughs> because the idea is whoever takes the fall is going to be taken care of. And everybody's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to fly. Everybody's trying to get out of it. He's <laughs> like, I want to do it. But that, that can really happen. You have to imagine those high-level meetings happen. But who's going to take the fall? They'll be taken care of afterwards. Because even though they're going to go, someone would go to prison, they wouldn't go to prison for the rest of their life. They'll be taken care of. Their family would be taken care of yeah um i mean and it's an interesting situation because a lot of the officers at the company are family members too yeah. so they there's logan was deciding whether to make it a family member or someone who's just like an officer and, yeah and put them yeah and now at the end uh for a lot of different reasons logan says that kendall has to take the fall yeah. which is a great story arc i don't want to get into it because we're talking more about the law at the end of the day and the very last scene, Kendall holds a press conference. You think that he's going to say, I'm responsible for this. But he turns on the father and says, the father knew about everything. I have receipts and emails showing that he signed off on the bribes. He's a malignant presence. He's a bully. He needs to be kicked out, which raises a ton of concerns 
for Logan Roy. But the question, of course, is did Logan know that Kendall was going to do that? Because at the beginning of the episode, one of the top shareholders says to Logan, we want you to take the fall. Yeah. He says, let me think about that. Tells his son, uh, you know, we want, I want you to take the fall. And Kendall says, okay, Dad, but were you ever going to make me CEO? And he says to him, no, you were never a killer. You need to be a killer in this business. And then what does he do? He kills, he kills his, his father. father he kills yeah. his father. Like wow. It's great. Do you think Logan knew? I don't think he, I don't think he knew, but I think he was impressed by it. I, I think he knew. He knew. I think, think he, knew? he expected his son to do that. I think he's not I think he's not like unhappy with what happened, but I think he didn't exactly plan on that. Well, um, now he has his own legal jeopardy to worry about. Cuz didn't he at the, at the, even when they were doing the vote on the cruise, like, or we're talking about who they should put on to throw under the bus. Didn't he, like, throw throw at himself first? He did, and everybody was like, no, no, Dad, you can't do it. You can't do it. You yeah. can't do it. But it wouldn't be good for him sacrificing himself. I think it would look better in the if eyes of the public under, through yeah. him that, that he's the one. Yeah. I think, and the only person that could have done that was Kendall. Yeah. I, it's a smart and, move. And also, so just to tie everything together, Cousin Greg is the one who who has the documents. Uh, in in other he, words, yeah. you have Cousin Greg and Kendall both turning on Logan Roy. Yeah. Okay, so now in the third season, you're going to wonder what is the legal jeopardy for Logan Roy. Uh, now he's been implicated. I don't know which way they're going to go with this because the shareholder vote is coming up. Yeah. Speaking of votes, another big legal issue in this show is from season one. Mm -hmm. At one point, as we talked about, Logan Roy has a stroke. It takes him a few episodes to get back to himself. He does some things that are a bit odd. He pees on Kendall's floor. Uh, he slaps Kendall's son. He seems erratic. Kendall decides that he that Logan can no longer be chairman and CEO. He has to be uh, forced out, ultimately resign. The way they do this is he wants to hold a special board meeting, a vote of no confidence in Logan Roy. A big portion of the episode is convincing different board members to ultimately vote against Logan. Now, all of that can actually happen. When you try to remove a chairman and CEO, my understanding is, based upon the bylaws, if you can get a majority vote from the board, you can oust a chairman or CEO. Mm -hmm. But this is where things get complicated. Uh, because at the meeting, when they try to do this, Kendall gets cut off from the meeting. He is stuck in Long Island trying to make his way back, which is such a tense episode. But Logan actually stays in the meeting once he finds out what's happening. He's caught off by surprise. And he starts intimidating board members into not voting against him. Uh, yeah, I, I, my favorite line is when Roman like is about to put his hand up. And he's like, "That be, you better be scratching your fucking head. Ron yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, <laughs> oh, God. and then he puts his hand down. <laughs> the question is, is that legal? Uh, they said in the show it's illegal for him to do that. If the bylaws of a company, the rules that they follow, say that a board member, a vote of a board member who's being terminated, including the chairman, if they can't be present, they can't be present. Then that would be illegal under the bylaws. But let's say, I would say, shouldn't, for those kind of decisions, a board member have the right to vote even on his or her own termination? Maybe to, maybe to vote, but, maybe, but not, to not to necessarily be in the room and intimidate people while they are putting up their vote. Maybe they can give their opinion. They maybe give a little speech about why they, are sh why, or why, why they should be at the company, but then they leave before people vote. So you're saying it wasn't a proper vote. It was an illegal vote. I mean, I guess it's whatever, it's whatever is in the bylaws, I think. Um, but if I was drafting bylaws, when, when people were well, who's voting— Who's drafting the bylaws? Who's the founder of the company? Logan Roy. Logan, well, you think he would have no, ever but been— but the bylaws need to be approved by a bunch of different people besides Logan Roy. But he, if, he was, that, Charlie, if yeah. he was that intimidating 
in that meeting. You think he was, <laughs> imagine how intimidated, intimidating he was when the bylaws were written. Yeah. There's no way he was going to give act control. But that might be, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a lot of standard terms like when about corporate governance, and yeah. that might be one of them. You know? What we do know is, is that after uh, this happens, there's actually a lawsuit that's filed yeah. against uh, th this vote. But that what ultimately happens is, is Kendall loses the vote. Logan Roy stays in power. And then in the next controversial move, he starts firing the people that voted against him. My understanding is, even if you're the chairman, you can't just unilaterally fire board members after they vote against you. It would seem to suggest that you need a majority vote of the board members to get rid of a board member. Well, I think to get rid of a board member, yes, but if to fire them from their capacity as an officer of the company, yeah. he can do that. Yeah, yeah. like so. he, he fired, uh, I forgot who, was it Carl or the other guy, who, whatever, he has an officer, he fires yeah. somebody else, he fires Kendall, who was the COO. I don't remember, they might have said Kendall still retained his board seat, I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you can he could have, be within his rights to fire them for cause, uh, for being, I don't know. But yeah. I still think it's worth a lawsuit, which Kendall did. He filed a lawsuit. Well, yeah. So then he was still planning on doing a t like a hostile takeover with this investment company. That's that was what backing happened. Him. Yeah. And then they go to a wedding. All the, after oh, all of this, yeah. they, they have to go to a wedding as a family after okay. after you try to take your dad's <laughs> company over hostily. Yeah. Actually, it's his sister's wedding the night before the wedding, or the morning. No, the morning of the wedding. The morning of the wedding before the ceremony starts, he goes in to meet with his father and says. Uh, we're planning on taking you over. We have a bear hug, and that is just. And he gives him the letter. Gives him the letter, walks out, and that was that. Then that night is what leads us into the other major legal issue of succession. You uh, want to lead into it? Yeah. So that so that night they're having a party. People are drinking. Kendall, who's a drug addict, wanted to try to find some cocaine. So he goes out to, um, you know, one, one of the people who was working at the venue. And asks him where he can get the cocaine, and the guy's like, "Well, I don't have any on me right now, but I know someone who does. If we can drive, we can drive out there and and go get it." So Kendall's like, "Oh, okay, sure. I, you know, I'll I'll, I'll drive and 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 uh, you just come with me." So he so he drives with this guy to find cocaine, <laughs> and on his way there, he gets into a a massive car accident that the car goes into a lake, I think, right? And Kendall escapes the car, but the kid dies. Um, Kendall doesn't know what to do. He gets out of the car. He does go under the water to try to save him. Yeah, but yeah. can't find the car. So the kid dies. He goes back to the, ven the wedding venue, goes goes back to his room, and then what What? Ha yeah. He leaves the scene. Yeah. Doesn't call. Like, he doesn't have his phone or anything. Yeah. Goes back, goes to his room, changes, goes back to the party, and just starts dancing around. Yeah. And then goes to sleep. Okay. He wakes up the next morning. We find out in one of the best season finales I've ever seen in my life, the father calls him into a meeting, into the room. He says, I want to talk to you about uh, the bear hug. And he goes, okay. And Kendall is so nervous. He's white because he just realized he killed you know, a young boy died. And Logan starts talking to him about, he goes, the police were here and asking about the disappearance of one of the waiters. Uh, your key card was found near the water. And Kendall just starts breaking down. And Logan's wife's son says he actually saw you come back your clothes were very wet can you explain that and then it's just logan and kendall in the room and Kent, logan says he knows exactly what happened he says we can protect you he goes we have good guys we can protect you all that you'll ever be known as is some rich kid who killed a young boy what you're gonna do is you're gonna 
drop this bear <laughs> hug. You're going to get out of it. You're going to tell me their strategy. And then we can reconcile and become father and son. And Kendall just hysterically oh. cries, goes into his father's arm. He goes, you're my number one boy. I love you. Gives him a kiss. And that's how the season ends. Now, the question, of course, is did Kendall do anything illegal? From one point of view, he's driving the car. But from the actual way it happened, it was the waiter who, as Kendall's trying to figure out how to drive this car because they're in England, mm -hmm. Kendall doesn't, first of all, Kendall doesn't know how to drive that well. He even says, he goes, I've been driven around my whole life. Mm -hmm. He's also driving a foreign car in a foreign country on the other side. He's trying to figure out how to use the shift. And as he's looking down, a deer, a, a deer pops up and the waiter is the one who grabs the steering wheel and directs it into the lake. However, however, I would say that he could probably be brought up on charges of involuntary manslaughter or uh, vehicular homicide. The reason I say this is because he engaged in such reckless behavior. A, I think he had been drinking. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. B, he shouldn't have been driving because he doesn't know how to operate the car. Mm -hmm. um, he may not even have a driver's license. might not even have a driver's license. Uh, and it's ultimately his fault. Now, I don't think he's, he's not guilty of murder. It's not a case of murder. This wasn't intentional. It was an accident. Mm -hmm. But he engaged in reckless behavior. Uh, the question would be, it's, and it's so eerily similar to Chappaquiddick, mm -hmm. what happened with uh, the Kennedys. Uh, there are people who say this isn't manslaughter. This was a complete accident. The only thing that he should be found guilty of is leaving the scene of a crime, which by all accounts seems, I mean, that's what he did. He left. Now, the other way of looking at it is, he didn't have a phone. He had no way of getting in touch with anybody. He had to go back. So he would have probably been in the clear even if he went back to the wedding, then told people what happened. I think he would have been okay uh, from that point of view. But he, the fact that he waits the entire morning and never says anything. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Then the family covers it up. That's obstruction of justice, probably lying to investigators. Uh, and then, you know, manslaughter, of course, um, leaving the scene of a crime, I believe is like a one year in prison, but this is also UK law, yeah. which is very different. Uh, they have different ways of manslaughter, but that could be significant prison time. Yeah. If he was ultimately convicted. So, so now the question is, Kendall at the end of the second season has called out his dad about doing all these bad things, covering, covering up the cruise lines, knowing about it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people were asking themselves, well, doesn't Logan, Kendall's dad, have enough leverage on Kendall because he covered because he knows what happened with the kid that drowned that that that, you know, he can bully his way out of this. What's he going to say to investigators? I helped cover it up. Yeah. So that that's the issue. He all he helped cover up the crime. Yeah. That if he says anything about Kendall, he is also implicating himself. Do you think, first of all. He tosses his son to the wolves to basically go to prison for the cruise division. Would he toss his son to the wolves for manslaughter charges? No. What he cares most about is the legacy of this company. And so, he, yeah. and, and he, there will not be a legacy if he does that. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, it is def that these things. I love that they linger from season to season. Yeah. Don't think for one second that accident that happened in the water is not going to go away i mean it's going to go away it's going to come up again season three yeah. kendall's still haunted by it everything keeps connecting that's why you have to keep watching every season it's not like a show where you go ah, i can just watch this season you have to watch everything from the beginning yeah by the way if you haven't realized there's a lot of spoilers in this episode so uh if you haven't watched succession probably it's a little too yeah. late yeah, yeah. To <laughs> a little, it's a little too we late said this is a disclaimer at the beginning yeah uh i think those are all the le major legal issues for now a lot yeah. of different points all in all, not only is the show fantastic, 
But the show is also pretty accurate. Yeah, and educational. And scary. Because you think about what wealth and power can buy. (laughs) But great characters and great character study. Yes. Um, So, yeah, if if you guys have any questions about any of the the legal or business issues that you saw on the show, shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram and we'll uh we can put up some answers and and discuss it so let us know at guys who law we'll see you next week